This morning, uh, we continue in our series, uh, Marriage Matters. It's not just about marriage, this is about communication. Uh, we've dealt a lot about, about the topic of communication. I've said before, I believe this morning is probably the most practical one that we've addressed so far, but also has the greatest opportunity for change in our lives immediately. If we apply what we're going to talk about this morning, uh, I believe that we can make changes like now, right now. Uh, and so I'm excited about this. I'm excited about But just to kind of set the mood for everybody. Yeah, this past week was Valentine's Day. Uh, Tuesday was Valentine's Day. Uh, me having a wife and three daughters. Um, I had to take out a, a second mortgage uh, just to uh, provide for Because, you know, you got to stay ahead of all them boys that try to send your girls stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got a daughter that's, that's in the sixth grade. I got a daughter that's in kindergarten. And then I got a daughter that's two years old. Now, the daughter that's two, you know, there wasn't any boys besides me who sent her stuff. But in kindergarten. In kindergarten, I got boys sending my kindergartner stuff, yeah. right? And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the little Valentine stuff, like, hey, happy. I'm, I'm talking about cookies and cupcakes and flowers. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so we've banned her from school. We're homeschooling now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then my sixth grade is the same way. And so uh, you got to stay ahead of those I want to I I treat my daughters in such a way that a young man, when they reach 40, the age of dating, um, <laughs> that a young man has to work, has to, has to put in some work for, the, for them just to, just to do what they've known as average their entire life. Right. That, that, that's my goal, to make every other young boy look bad. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. Me, me and Donnie, we've talked about this, right? Yeah, that's our, that's our role. That's our role as fathers. But just to set the mood for today, we're coming out of Valentine's Day. It's, it's a lovey-dovey day. It's one of those days, you know, you're like, oh, I love you, Pookie, right? It's one of those days, and the next morning you're like, you snored all night long, right? And so, but just to set the mood for today and set the mood for for uh, what we're going to be talking about. I just, I found this video on YouTube. If you know the songs, join in and singing with them. This is just some of the love songs throughout the decades. Okay, you're going to pick it up real quick. Um, it's okay, I prayed about this. God said it's all right, all right? And so, uh, but let's just show some love songs and let's just kind of get everybody in that lovey-dovey, happy feeling, all right? Let's do it. You're sitting beside the person that just makes those songs come alive. God bless you. Yeah. Right? I hope you found the one that makes, I saw a meme on Facebook, I hope you find the person that makes every George Strait song seem true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, but I, I hope you're sitting beside the person that when you're listening to those songs, how, how many knew like at least half of those songs? You knew at least half? All right. How many knew every single song on there? You are a well-diversified congregation, that's for sure. So, uh, but this morning as we start, if you're taking notes, write this down. Let's get right into it. In relationships, we judge others by their actions, by what they do. If we like them, we are pleased. If we don't like their actions, what they're doing, we're not pleased. We typically judge other people by their actions, but on the flip side, though, we judge ourselves by our intentions, okay? We judge others by their actions, 
We judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge ourselves by what we intended to do. Now, for example, if Jenny is running late and she doesn't call me, okay? She goes, I just got to run to Walmart or now it's Seedling Foods. I just got to run to Seedling Foods and pick up one thing. I'll be right back, okay? Four hours later, right? I'm sitting at the house and I am worried. What in the world is going on? What if she had a shopping cart wreck? What if, she, what if she's laying right there in front of the frozen food section? No one's helping her. Right? What if something's going on? You know, what, what if something's wrong? And, 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 and you, you start thinking, oh my goodness, has something happened to my wife? It's been four hours, something happened? I don't know. I can't do ministry on my own. I can't do this by myself. I, I can't pastor a church by myself. I, I, I can't do this. I can't do this without my wife. I'll have to resign the church. I'll, I'll have to go find a job. I'll, how am I going to support my kids? No woman's going to want me with four kids. What, what's going to happen? Come on, somebody. So when Jenny walks through the door, hello, Pookie, how are, no, where have you been? Right. Right? right? Pick up a phone. What's wrong with you? You didn't call. I was all worried. Something could have been devastatingly wrong. All you had to do was pick up the phone. The very next day, I'm out and about. I tell her I'll be home. I'm leaving the church. Okay. And honestly, I've got good intentions, right? I, I, I'm, I'm leaving the church. I'm heading home, you know. And then uh, something sidetracks me, and I, well, I'm, it's going to be an hour or so, and I need to call Jenny, but then I get sidetracked again, and I forget. I've got good intentions. My intentions was to call her. My intentions was to let her know. And then when I get home, guess what Jenny's doing? She's waiting at the door, not with a glass of sweet tea. Right? Where have you been? <laughs> you know? And so we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to ask God to knock down the wall between our actions and our intentions. Oh, come on, somebody. We're going to ask God to knock down the wall between our actions and our intentions. Many marriages have ended with a house that is full of good intentions. That's good. Many marriages, many relationships have ended, have divided with a house that is full of good intentions. And I'm going to argue this this morning. I'm going to argue that most people generally know the right thing to do when it comes to relationships. We generally know We generally know what to do. The problem is is a lot of times we just don't apply it. And so we're going to ask God to knock down this wall between our actions and our intentions. And I believe this can be absolutely life-changing, not only for our marriages, but for every relationship that we have. Amen? Amen? So thought number one, if you're with me. If you think something good, say it. If you think something good, Say it. Now, during the marriage conference, uh, Jensen Franklin started talking about this, and I got a little nervous. I was like, oh, he, he's going to preach my sermon. You know, stop, right? Someone hit pause on that, right? right? But he just kind of hit it and went on, so I was, I was glad because I wanted to go deeper with this. If you think something good, say it. Yes. To think something good and not to say it is very similar to buying a present, wrapping it, but then not presenting it to the person you got it for, Okay. And, and, and so we're robbing them of the blessing of receiving that good thought. 
And here in our scripture that we're about to dive into, we're going to see the Shulamite woman, and we're going to study her, and, and we're going to see Solomon. And Solomon and the Shulamite woman. And, and we're going to see that when he thinks something good, he gives life to it by saying it. Okay? Now we're going to start in chapter 7 of the Song of Solomon. Uh, if you look at the end of chapter 6, the very last verse of chapter 6, we get the idea that the Shulamite woman uh, was, was dancing for Solomon. Okay? If you're married, nothing wrong with that. I'll try this side. If you're married, nothing wrong with that. So we, we see the Shulamite woman, she is dancing for Solomon, and all of a sudden uh, Solomon starts to talk to her, and he starts to give life to some things that, that, that he's feeling on the inside. He says this in verse 1 of chapter 7. How beautiful your sandaled feet, O princess daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman hand. He's basically saying in the, just the plain English version, God gave you some good legs, okay? That's what he's saying, okay? Verse 2, he said, Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. What is this? Well, you got to love a belly that looks like a bowl, right? That's why we love Santa Claus. Come on. Is this what he's saying here? No, no it's not so much. As you study this, if that's a true, man, I'm right where I need to be, Right? But if, if you study this in Israel, if, if, you, if you study what he's talking about, um, a, a love, <laughs> this, this belly that looks like a bowl, if, if, that, if you just take it for face value, that's, but, but you study this out, you'll see that in Israel, the navel was known as the heart of the emotions. The navel was the heart of the emotions. They believed that that's where the emotions were contained. And I, there's a lot of truth to that, because if you want to get me emotional, you just fill this right here up, right? right. Come on, right. feed me a good steak, and I can get emotional, right? right? Come on, somebody. Right. And so in Israel, they believed this, that this is where the emotions were contained. Now, wine always represents the very best blessing of God. And so what Solomon is saying here, he's saying uh, something along the lines of, you are the greatest emotional blessing I have ever known you're my best friend. Now, how many would have got that out of that? Your belly looks like a goblet, <laughs> right? right? But that, that, that's what he's saying. And then he goes on to say, your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Now, I did a lot of research on this. I have no clue what the boy's talking about. Not, I have no idea. I'm not going to go home and tell Jenny, girl, you're waste. Woo, it reminds me of, of waving wheat, right? I might be eating wheat thins for the rest of my life. But, you know, whatever. So let's move on. He goes to her neck, talks about her neck, talks about her nose, compliments her eyes. He compliments her hair. What's he doing? He's giving life to his good thoughts. He's filling her with three positive words. Write this down. He's filling her with three positive words. Words of affirmation, words of admiration, and words of affection. He's filling her with those three words. Admiration, affirmation, and affection. Now, why are these important? Let's let Scripture answer it. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death. 
We've talked about this. With your very words, you can speak life. You can speak encouragement. Your tongue can be a blessing into your relationship. But out of that same mouth, you can speak words of criticism and negativity and hatred and bitterness and envy. And you can speak, you can literally speak death into a relationship as well. And so Jenny did something so for me. We had JD and we had Jaxie. It was just, it was when we had half our kids back when life was, was not so crazy. And, 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 we were over in Sepulpa, we were pastoring, and, and we were reading a book, and this book uh, uh, talked about some, some things, you know, uh, uh, you know so, some investments into your marriage, and, and she wrote me a note, a line, it, wasn't a, it wasn't Valentine's Day or our anniversary or anything like that, just out of the blue, just one day, and, and this note, she went through it, and she wrote down the reasons that she loved me. I still have this note, it's in my office, as a matter of fact, and she said this, I'm going to read it to you because I just think it's good and I want you to know who she thinks I am. And I want you to think the same thing. (laughs) She said, I love you because you're a godly man. I love you because you're a great spiritual leader of our family. I love you because you're the best dad in the whole world. And I love you because you lead our church with integrity. You preach God's word fearlessly. I love you because you are who God made you. I love you. And I'm reading this going, wow, who is this guy? There's a lot more to it, but I can't read it in here. Um, and she, she's, she, but she, she's, <laughs> you think I'm joking. Huh? And so I'm reading this. And I'm going, wow, this is good stuff. I hope to one day meet that guy, right? And there, there was one word that impacted this that she added at the end of all this that just really impacted me. And, and it's that word, before we get to it, do you remember the first time that you fell in love? You met your love muffin. Come on. You remember when you started to fall in love and you would say, I love you? And remember the very first time you heard those words from, from your spouse or your significant other? You know, you, you heard those words. You're like, oh, yeah, they said I love you. Yeah, you're right. And us men, we're like, I can't say it back. I don't want to say it back. I, I feel it, but I don't want to say it, right? So we emailed it, right? <laughs> but you remember the very first time that your spouse said, I love you. And there is power in that moment. Come on, somebody. There's power in that moment, but what happens is we've been married 20, 30, 40 years now, and the power of those words start to fade away, because now we say, got to go to work, love you. I'm running the store, love you. Run the, gro- run to the post office, love you. What are we having for dinner? Love you. <laughs> right? And we throw those words around, and when, the more we throw them around, the, the more they start to lose their power. And so what this devotional that Jenny and I was reading said at the end of that phrase, I love you, to bring the power of that statement back, add this one word. And that word is the word because. And we talked about it a little bit in our marriage conference. I love you because. And then you fill in the blank. And don't hop on the internet trying to find good stuff. Okay? You fill in the blank with what's coming out of your heart. I love you because, and I started thinking about this, and, you know, I love Jen, because she's laid her life down to serve the vision that God's placed upon us as a family. 
I love her because she's the most selfless person that I know. I love her because she pours her life into our kids and she raises them uh, in, in such a godly, godly way. I love her because she's so much fun to be with and I love her because she fears God. I love her because she is the most faithful woman I have ever met. I love her even though she makes me late everywhere I go. I would rather be late with her for the rest of my life than on time with any other woman. Come on. And the icing on the cake, she's fine. (laughs) I love her. And so I want to encourage you. When you get home today, sit down with your spouse. It doesn't only work with your spouse. It works with your kids. Sit down with your kids. Here's why I love you. Because the Bible says I have to. Right? (laughs) (laughs) but you uh, don't go there but you add that word because and you fill in the blank and you communicate that with your spouse or you communicate that with your family and you watch what God does in your relationship you because there there, there's something good that happens not just when you say it but when you say why and so I want to encourage you not just to know the what but to know the why. And let your spouse, let your family know the why as well. Come on, somebody, say amen. Yes, amen. Now, why is this so important? Yeah. It's so important because in most cases, if you're taking notes, when you don't tell them something good, they generally can assume something bad. This is good. For example, guys, you, you told her she was pretty six months ago, right? And you're thinking, I haven't told her any different. She should still know it. And I see all the men going, amen. But for the last five months and 29 days, she's been thinking, I must be getting ugly. Because you haven't communicated that to her. I must, I, uh, he hasn't told me anything good. And so when we don't say anything good, we start, it's just human nature. We start to assume the bad. For example, before we moved over here and we were over at Enid and we were at the church over there, our weekends at Enid were, were, were just crazy. We had a Saturday night service. We had three Sunday services, uh, two Sunday morning, one Sunday night. We usually had classes on Sunday afternoon. We, we had meetings sometimes on Saturday afternoon. My kids, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday, that's the day off of school. And a majority of their, their time at home out of school, I was at the church. About 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, I was at the church till usually late Saturday night. And then I was there, no joke, from about 7 Sunday morning to, to sometimes 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock Sunday night. And a lot of times, never even left the property. We just had crazy, crazy schedules. We, 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 uh, there was so much going on and so many ministries I oversaw. Just crazy, crazy schedules. Our weekends were crazy. Um, and it was, just, it was the whole staff, you know, not anything special on me. Just the whole staff was, 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 was like that. We just invested uh, all that time into the church. And on those days, Jenny takes care of the kids completely by herself most of those days. And it's a big stinking deal. Take care of four kids. Yes, it it's a big deal. Yeah. Completely by herself. Um, sometimes I'd come home on Sunday nights after working pretty much all day Saturday and then all day Sunday. And I'd come home on Sunday nights, especially the, the weekends that I preached the whole weekend. 
I'd come home, and on Sunday night, I was fried. I was fried. Like, there, the cricket's playing racquetball up here. Nothing's going on. <laughs> I'm fried. And I, I, I get home on Sunday nights, and, but somehow, on Sunday, Jenny would get up, and on Saturday night, too, she'd get the kids, all four kids together. Uh, uh, she'd get them all dressed, get them all bathed, get them all clean, get them to church, get them to their class, get the right kids back after church. Get them in the car, go home, make dinner. I would walk through the door after preaching all weekend, and I'm just fried. And I'd walk in, and I'd, I'd you know, and I'm wondering, how'd I do? How'd I do today? Did I do good? Did, did, you, did you like what I said? Was I funny? Right? Was I boring? Because I hate boring. I grew up in a boring church. Hate boring. Right? <laughs> Don't want to be boring. Did I change the world today, baby? That's what I wanted to know. And she's thinking, I changed 40 diapers in the last four hours. Right? I lost Josie down on Main Street three times. We've got three kids in this house somewhere. The other one I haven't seen since last night. They're around here somewhere. So she sits down and she's thinking, I've prepared dinner. I've done all these things. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I stunk it up today. She's not saying a word to me about anything that I said this weekend. I must have stunk it up. And she's going, he don't like my dinner. Because I'm not saying anything to her. Come on, you know I'm talking true. And she's like, he, he don't like what I fixed. He don't like my dinner. And so we're not communicating anything good to one another. And often we assume that it's bad. And so I want to just challenge you. If you think something good, say it. Say it. Say it. Look at your neighbor and say, say it. Now, watch, watch his Solomon. Watch what he does with the Shulamite woman here. He goes on in verse 5. He says, your head, it crowns you like Mount Carmel. Now, this was kind of like a postcard place, Mount Carmel was. He's saying, baby, I put your face on a postcard, and I could get rich by selling it. Okay? You, you, and then, he, then Now, watch this. He says, your hair is like royal tapestry. Now, if you read a few chapters back, he compares her hair to a flock of goats descending down Mount Gilead, right? But there's a lot of reason behind that. We ain't got time. Romeo was getting better, right? And so now Solomon, he's he's moved up from goat hair, and he says, your hair is like royal tapestry. He's improved on his compliment. He's taking it up a notch. Verse 10, watch what happens when she responds to his verbal affirmation, his verbal admiration. Ladies, help me out here. Verse 10, she says, I belong to my lover, and his desire is for me. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. They getting hot in here? Yeah. Yeah. Find me a more secure statement than that in the word of God. I belong to him. We are one. We are united. I am safe with him. Literally what she is saying. Now, this word is a Hebrew word, teshukah. Teshukah. Okay? And this word literally means an animal consuming another animal. Have you ever watched uh, the animal planet and that cheetah tracks down the gazelle? Right? That's what she's, (laughs) she's given that life into this. Like, I'm about to attack him. Right? Wow. I'm just saying, Lord, let's go. Yeah. She's saying, I belong to him and his desire is for me. Tashuka. 
right? That's what, that's what she's saying. Man, this is good preaching. Second thought is this, okay? Everybody got that? Just, just let that marinate for just a second. If you think something, now if you, if you think something special, say it. If you, think something spe- if you think something good, say it. But if you think something special, do it. If you think something special, do it. And we're going to watch as these guys apply two specific actions in their marriage. The first one, they spend on what they call purposeful time together. Okay? Not just incidental time. Okay? Many of us spend incidental time together. Kids are down, we're tired, turn on the TV, click, click, click. We're watching Blue Bloods, right? That's romantic. Anything with Tom Selleck, right? That's what my wife says. <laughs> I'm trying to grow the mustache, you know, and I just, I don't know. But that's incidental time. We're on our iPads, we're on our iPods, we're on our phones, we're in the same room. Incidental time. That's not purposeful time. That's incidental time. We will spend purposeful time. Now watch what she says, the woman, the Shulamite woman. She asked him out on a date. She asked him. Oh, come on, man. She takes him to the football game. Man, you're, you're leaving me to dry out here. She asked him out. Because here's the thing. We know this about ladies, but know this about men. Both sexes want to be known, and they want to know that they are wanted out of desire, not out of duty. Men too. Men too. Some men are like, I don't care. <laughs> we do. We want to be known out of desire, not out of duty. Watch what she says in verse 11. She says, come, my lover. Let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. What's she saying? She goes, let's go get a bed and breakfast somewhere. Let's get on Priceline. Let's, let's check for a cheap night at the Hilton. Right? That's what she's saying. Let's go spend some time together. Let's spend some purposeful time together. Now, a few years ago, I went to a conference uh, out at Palm Springs, California with, with, the, with our, our previous staff. And, and at this conference, Andy Stanley, Craig Rochelle, Rick Warren, uh, these guys were speaking, the keynote speakers, and they had a Q&A session. And at this Q&A session, they were asked, in one word, define your philosophy that leads you to success. In one word. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, you're going to hear words like leadership, like passion, like probably sacrifice, excellence, focus, you know, whatever. And Craig Rochelle, Craig Rochelle is the leader of the Life Church. All the life, there's a Life Church campus on every corner in America. Okay, they're they're everywhere right now, and they're, they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and without even saying it, without even thinking it, here's what he said. He said one word defined my philosophy. He said the word no. I was like no. What what's he talking about? Yeah, the word no. He said absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, my philosophy is the word no. And I was like, what, what, what do you mean by that? He said, there are a few things that we can truly be successful at, and there's an infinite number of things that beg for our attention. And I have learned the discipline of saying no to good things so that I can say yes to the best things. I've learned saying no to good things so I can say yes to the best things. And that's, that, you know, I'll be honest, that's, that's one of the things that, that can frustrate a lot of people. 
I know there's been people in our life that have been frustrated by this because I've got four children at home, okay? And, and, and I've got four kids, I've got a wife, and during this season, they're only at home a certain amount of time, we, we hope, right? Yeah. And they're only at home a certain amount of time before they move off, you know, and before they go to college and get married and, and, and all, all those things. And so we, we've got a certain amount of time at home with our kids, and, and, and I've been asked to do some, some pretty cool things throughout my life. I've been asked to, to speak at some youth conferences and to do some youth camps and, and to do some things that, that man, would just would be awesome and, and would, would, would just look really, really good, and I would enjoy it. But at home, they have a, a dad, and there's only one of me. There's a million speakers out there. There's not a million dads. There's one. Jenny has one husband. Whether she likes it or not, right? And that's me. There's no backup plan for dad. There's no backup plan for husband. And then this is the local body. This is where where I'm in leadership. And this is where where we give our time, our energy, and efforts. And and there's no backup youth pastor, right? Right. I hope. (laughs) You guys get me a little scared right now. And so my, my time, my efforts, and my energy, you know, there will come a season when the kids, get, you know, they go to college, and, and we're, me and Jen, we're able to travel, and we're able to do all this, but that season is not right now, because I've got to say no right now to good things so that I can say yes to the best things. What's the best things? The best things are my wife having a husband, my kids having a father, and my church having a leader. Come on. So you just got to decide, I'll be a successful husband, I'll be a successful father, I'll be a successful leader, I'll be a successful employee, and I'm going to say no to some good things so that I can say yes to the best things. Does that make ring true? Make sense with anyone? Yes. We're, yes. we're wrapping up. Good. If you think something special, do it. Do it. The second thing is we'll, we'll do thoughtful acts. Gentlemen, one of the greatest principles we can remember when it comes to our wives is, generally speaking, it's not the act that matters to them a lot of times. It's the thought that went into the act. All of God's leading ladies said, uh, you know, there's a wife that looked at her and said, but I still want something nice. All right. Why is it that we can be so thoughtful before we're married? And when we get married, thoughtfulness goes out the window. When you think something thoughtful, do it. My father-in-law would drive me crazy on this. Okay, and this is the way Jenny was raised. This is not the way I was raised. Okay? But my father-in-law, we'd go over to their house, and there'd be a big bouquet of flowers sitting on the table, and I'd be like, what did he do wrong? Right? (laughs) Boy messed up big time. Look at that spread of roses. And it's not their anniversary. It's not Valentine's Day. It's just, you know, and you go pick up the card because I'm nosy and I can do that. And I'd read it. There's been a few cards I wish I hadn't read. I'm going to be honest. But you go pick up the card and you read it and it would say something like this. Happy Monday. Or thinking of you Thursday. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah. 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 
And this is what Jenny grew up with. <laughs> Boy, was she in for a surprise when she got married, right? I'm like, hey, I, I grilled some chicken. Love you, Pookie, <laughs> right? Thoughtful acts. It's not as much the act as it is the thought behind it. If you think something good, we'll say it. If, you, if, if we think something special, we'll do it. And finally, if you want something different, be it. Good. If you want something different, be it. Rather than pointing the finger all the time and saying, you just don't know. No, instead, be it. If you want to end up in a different place, you got to do something different. If you want something different, be something different. There's a lady back at Sepulpa, we were pastors, and she stopped me after service one time, and, and we were talking along these lines of something close to this. And she said, Jared, I've got to tell you, for years I've been very critical of my husband. I've always put him down, criticized him in public. For years I have nitpicked him apart in front of anybody and everybody. And she said, it finally dawned on me that I need to let God work on me and not him. I need, God to let, I need to let God work on me and not him. And that, that was a, a, a breakthrough for her. And yeah. trust me, it was a breakthrough for him too. Yeah, no <laughs> for both of them. Yeah. But it's submitting our heart to the work of God in us. Right. I, I believe this morning that there are some good intentions that haven't materialized in the action. Right. I believe here there are people who have great intentions. We have great intentions, but they haven't became great actions yet. Right. And one another in that relationship, whether it be a, a child and a parent or a husband and wife or an employer and employee, whatever it might be, there's a lot of things that have gone unsaid and gone undone. Right. And today, God's given us a second chance. If you think something good, say it and say it now. If you think something special, do it. And if you want something different, be it. Right. Right. Amen? Right. And God's word, the book of James, James says this. He said, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Let God take down the wall between our intentions and our actions. Amen? Stand to your feet with me this morning. Our youth team is going to go and come ahead to the front as they come, they're going to lead us in one last song. It's kind of an upbeat song by Toby Mack. It's called Speak Life. And if you listen to this song, the words of this song, and you sing along with us, you understand that's what we're talking about this morning, about speaking life into people around us. But before we go there, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes today. And God, I pray that you would help us tear down this wall. I want you to think in this place, if you're married or any relationship in your life, we'll start with marriage, but this can work into, any, into a broader scope of relationship. It could be you think about your parents, maybe your children, maybe your siblings, maybe people you work with. But maybe there's something in your heart that you know you need to say or you need to do or you need to be. We're going to tear down that wall this morning. Maybe it's someone that you owe an apology to. 
you need to tell them. Maybe there's a gift that you've been meaning to give. You need to give it. Maybe there's a word of encouragement. Someone's blessed you. You need to tell them thank you. There's someone who's loved you and been there for you through a hard time. You need to be there for them. Maybe your marriage today is hanging on by a thread and you're just really good at pointing fingers. Today you realize I need to become something different. We need to close the gap. We need to tear down this wall. And we need to do the right thing. Those of you who would say, yeah, it's, it's in my marriage or in any other relationship that we have. I've got good intentions, but I haven't given life to them. I haven't given life to them. And I commit this morning. I commit to say it. I commit to do it. And I commit to be it. God, help me tear down this wall. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up right now? Just slip it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. If you think something good, say it. If you think something special, do it. And if you want something different, be it. God, I pray this morning these walls would come down, that you would impart truth into us. And God, that you would give us good thoughts. You would help us to give life to them by speaking them to one another. God, I pray for healing, for hope, for wholeness, for restoration amongst our people. And God, I pray that your greatest blessing would rest upon all of our relationships in this place. God, this morning, we speak life, and we thank you for it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name.